Hey everyone, it's Anthony. I want to talk to you briefly about my sponsor, Anchor.fm. Anchor is the free platform where I upload podcast episodes and distribute to other channels like Spotify. Anchor is easy to use, provides you all the tools you need to have a successful podcast, and gives you the ability to make money through sponsored segments. You can find the Anthony Miragliata Show on Anchor and on many other channels. And maybe I will see your podcast on Anchor. Hey, you never know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Anthony Miragliata Show. Oh, and boy, oh boy, do I have a jam-packed episode for you today. We have Stacey Abrams running again for governor of Georgia after she lost in 2018, claimed that the election was stolen from her. And chaos at the New Jersey State Capitol in Trenton, New Jersey, where Republican lawmakers were attemptively blocked from sitting in the legislature. But first, let's talk about Stacey Abrams. So, Stacey Abrams will be running for governor of Georgia, the Peach State, again, after she thought that the election was somewhat stolen from her. I mean, I don't know how you can really think that. But so far, in the Republican primary in Georgia, we have three big names and then two other men who just are just playing spoiler. We have Vernon Jones, who is a former state representative and a former Democrat, and also the former CEO of DeKalb County. The incumbent governor, Brian Kemp, is running for re-election. And... David Perdue, who just announced the other day that he'll be running for governor of Georgia, is a former U.S. senator from Georgia. But now, in the Democrat primary. In the Democrat primary, there there was only one declared candidate so far, and that is Stacey Abrams. And I'm pretty sure that maybe people will run again. Um, But a little info about Stacey Abrams. She is the founder of Fair Fight Action. She is the former minority leader of the Georgia House of Representatives from 2011 to 2017 and was also the nominee for governor in 2018. However, on the endorsement side of things, so far, Stacey Abrams has already packed a lot of endorsements. For example, um, Hillary Clinton has endorsed her, uh, as well as current U.S. Senator from Georgia, John Ossoff, and Raphael Warnock, so both U.S. Senators from Georgia, along with U.S. Senator from New York, Kristen Gillibrand, and some House Representatives, Eric Swalwell, the House Representative that is compromised by the Chinese, and Pramila Jayapal, who is the Chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. Some State Representatives... Um, from Georgia have endorsed her, but also you have one member of the Virginia Senate endorsed her, Jennifer McClellan, who has been in the Virginia Senate since 2017, and Anna Eskamani, who is a member of the Florida House of Representatives. If we're looking at like organizations, People for the American Way endorsed her, and some individuals that are probably notable, um, Martin Luther King III, Indoor Stacey Abrams, who is 
Martin Luther King Jr.'s son. And you also have Jamie Harrison, who is also the current chair of the Democrat National Committee. Now, let's go ahead and look at the endorsements from the Republican side. So far, you have, um, for the executive branch officials, this is for Vernon Jones, really just one. That's Michael Flynn. They also, the former mayor of New York, Rudy Giuliani, endorsed him, along with Bernie Carrick, who was the commissioner of the New York Police Department from 2000 to 2001. And for Brian Kemp, he has gotten endorsements from Chris Carr, who is the Attorney General of Georgia, and Geoff Duncan, who is the Lieutenant Governor of Georgia, who he actually serves with. And Brian Kemp has also been endorsed by the Georgia Chamber of Commerce. So how do I think this is going to play out? Well, as you can see from before, um, when Stacey Abrams announced that she was going to run again, she actually denied that she said anything about the election being stolen from her. When there literally is like, documented evidence of her in the media or her testifying in front of Congress that this was actually a stolen election in Georgia. But by the way, again, like I said, not true. But Georgia, you know better than this. You know not to vote for Stacey Abrams. And look, I'm not saying this to endorse any candidates on this uh, right now. But I would say this. Look what Stacey Abrams wants to bring to Georgia. And look at the other candidates who are good and viable candidates. Georgia, you know better than not to vote for Stacey Abrams. Would you really even want Stacey as your governor? I mean, after what she did just a couple years ago, you know, you already know better to make sure you don't vote for her. But I would say this. A person like Stacey Abrams in the governor's mansion in Georgia will not be good for America. It won't be good for the, for the state of Georgia as well. I mean, look what we got. Look what Georgia has going on in the U.S. Senate. You have... U.S. Senator Raphael Warnock, who actually has gone to um, to Cuba and said a lot of um, communist things. He actually literally is a, a literal communist. Well, yeah, like, like with a lot of things going on in the modern day Democrat Party. And then you may wonder why. You know, why is this going on in America? Look, like, like Obama said before. That elections have consequences. And, you know, we vote ourselves into this mess. We can sure as hell vote ourselves out of it. Next year, and actually less than a couple weeks from now, we'll, be, we'll start the first day of Biden midterms. I mean, obviously, the 2021 election cycle is over, but Biden midterms is coming up. And the Republicans have a huge chance of taking back the House and even taking back the Senate as well. But, you know, do I really think that, you know, a, a person like Stacey Abrams is going to win in, in a deep red state like Georgia? Of, of course not. I don't think she is. And look, I'm, not, I, I, I'm pretty sure in a future episode, I will um, see how things are going on because currently... 
in polling, you have Kemp is in the lead. He's at like 41% polling. Um, and then you have second place is Vernon Jones. He's at like 19%. And then David Perdue is like, has like 4% polling. And according to the Trifagular group, Brian Kemp is polling at like 48% and Vernon Jones 25%. And, fra- and um, the Fravizio Lee poll, which was conducted around August 11th, August 12th, 2021. And the first poll I mentioned, mentioned the Trafalgar group was September 2nd to 4th, 2021. Also has um, the, the Fabrizino Lee group, which is, again, now both these polls are Republican polls. Um, they have Brian Kemp at 41% and Vernon Jones at 19%. The, but the Fabrizino Lee poll says 20% are undecided and the Trafalgar group has 19% undecided. It's interesting, it's interesting to see how this is going to play out, especially since in Georgia, Georgia you know, did vote for two Democrat U.S. Senate candidates in the Georgia runoff earlier this year. And plus, they also voted for Biden. I mean, whether you believe there was election fraud or not, that, those were the results. I'm obviously, you know, I, I mean, yeah, it's upsetting to have those results in a year where usually Georgia is a blue, is a red state, but they went, they, but they went blue. It's unfortunate, but I really do feel that Georgia can go Republican this year. And we'll see what happens. Now moving on to our next topic in New Jersey, where Republican Assembly members defied a vaccine mandate and showing proof of a negative COVID test so they can do the people's work. And I totally applaud the Republican caucus in the Assembly for their work on representing the people of New Jersey. If representing the people of New Jersey is somehow political theater, then the bar has truly been lowered tremendously. You know, public servants are elected to represent the people's interests. And the fact that they were barred from going inside the state house to vote it just goes to show how tyrannical and polarized and broken our politics has become in the United States of America. I'm going to read you a, a something that that the Republicans wrote to the Democrats to restrict public access. Um, so, and I will um, quote. This is from the from the source called Insider NJ. The name of the title is called Senate Republicans Fight Democrats Effort to Restrict Public Access to the NJ State House. It's very long, so I will not read the whole thing, um, but you can definitely check it out for yourself online in the link provided. Um, so the full text of the letter follows. Quote, Dear Senate President Sweeney and Assemblyman Speaker Coughlin, we are writing as a caucus to express our grave concerns with a policy under consideration by the Joint Management Commission, or the JMC for short, that would severely limit access to the state capital complex and to the legislative process. As you are aware, the policy would set strict COVID-19 vaccination or testing requirements for access to the state house that would apply to the public, legislators, and staff. We are deeply concerned that this policy, if enacted, will prevent public participation in the legislative process. For example, 
Committee agendas often are not issued in a timely manner, which could make it impossible for unvaccinated individuals to comply with the testing alternative to enter the state house and testify at public hearings, as is their right. Further agendas are frequently modified at the last minute, with the addition of important bills that may have a substantial public interest. These were issues of concern even before the pandemic, but to the extent of that late or revised agendas would impact the ability of the public to participate in the legislative process given lengthy COVID-19 testing timelines. The testing requirement for unvaccinated individuals is exclusionary. We also have concerns that the policy is intended to apply to legislators, who are uniquely and explicitly covered by a constitutional provision that is meant to protect their right to participate unimpended in legislative proceedings. If a member declines to comply, the policy states vaguely that the presiding officer of the member's house will be notified of non-compliance and determine whether to admit the member and under what conditions or accommodations admissions will be permitted, end quote. So what I've just read to you is pretty much that if you don't comply with this, this tyrannical mandate, then you pretty much will be notified of non-compliance. Again, and you know what? And originally, the state police commissioner, Pat Callahan, said that they were trying to, like saying, you know, I, I never thought I'd be in a situation like this, but if I were to arrest people, I would. Like, you can't arrest legislators for doing the people's work. And look, a lot of our constitution, state con- New Jersey, whether it's the New Jersey state constitution and even the federal constitution, has definitely been meddled with during this pandemic. And, th- and this situation in New Jersey is proof of it. And the fact that even all 25 assembly members, even they all banded together, like, like they, you know, I, really, I truly applaud them. For this, and at the end of the day, I will always say it on this show. Look, I am not your doctor, but it's up to you on whether you want to get the vaccine or not. It's up to you. you know, don't listen to again, like people who are not trained in the profession. Um, and I would rather just say that. Look, you know, me personally, you know, I've gotten vaccinated and I've caught COVID after I've gotten vaccinated. But, you know, do the research, do what's best for you, and figure it, not, figure it out or not, that, you know, you could, you know, feel that, you know, this is, you know, the right decision that I made. But once again, if you don't want to get it, it's completely fine. And that's why we live in America, where, where the government should not force a medical procedure or any vaccination on us. And this is what we're really seeing. It's called medical tyranny. And even like organizations like the CDC, the NIH, they've all been politicized. You even had like the other day, Anthony Fauci was taking shots at Ted Cruz. Meanwhile, Anthony Fauci, he's not elected to Congress, um, and he's not even you know like he's someone who's unelected, and he just decides you know like say say bad things about. So Ted Cruz went on Hannity to say some things about Dr. Fauci. And I quote him, Dr. Fauci, I think, is the most dangerous bureaucrat in the history of the country. I don't think anyone has hurt science, has hurt the credibility of the CDC, has hurt the credibility of doctors more than Dr. Fauci, because throughout this pandemic, he's been dishonest. He's been political. He's been partisan. And the American people know it. 
Why is it that the Biden administration decreed that masks have to be worn in schools by kids? Well, because teachers' union bosses wanted it, and that's not a scientific reason. That is a data reason. And you know, this weekend, he did this long interview where he gave the answer. He said, I represent science. I am science. End quote. Now, that last sentence that I read, that is the data reason. And you know, this weekend, he did, a, did this long interview where he gave this, the answer. He said, I represent science. I am science. What is this? What is it, like a scene out of um, Star Wars? I have to say it. it. It's such... It's craziness. It, it just goes to show how drunk on power that Fauci has become. And a lot of people are seeing this, and they're not... You know, t- they're all tuning him out. Look, I tuned Fauci out after he said that he believed that there was no scientific evidence that Black Lives Matter protests spread COVID. And that's why I knew right away he was wrong. Because... If it's okay for Bialenta to protest or riot, whichever you prefer, can do that outside. And then, meanwhile, you know, I'm supposed to be told to stay indoors so I don't stop, I don't, I don't have to stop the spread of COVID. You know, that's when I stop taking this pandemic seriously. When one group gets treated differently than another. And, you know, and I don't care what it's in the name for. But the fact of the matter was that there were a lot of groups that were treated differently under the pandemic than others were. Like, like organizations like Black Lives Matter, they were able to gather and um, just decide to say, oh, you know what, you know, we're going to loot some stores. We're going to um, burn buildings down. We're going to destroy police cars. And somehow you're not spreading COVID while doing that. But meanwhile... You, meanwhile, there are so many small businesses that close because of these tyrannical lockdown orders. You know, and these lockdown orders have been in place since the beginning of April of 2020. And you know what? A lot of people always say how 2020 was so terrible. And guess what? The reason why 2020 was so terrible was because of big government. And it's the reason why you don't have government in your life. Now, going back to the New Jersey story. Um, so, the Assembly Speaker, Craig Coughlin, had some choice words um, for the Assembly Republican Caucus after they um, decided to not provide proof of vaccination. Which, by the way, like I said, um, I applaud them for not doing so. So, according to the article in Insider NJ, Coughlin outraged by Republican State House behavior. Coughlin says, we're nearly two years to a global pandemic. We've lost more people to the pandemic than live in Hudson County. The only thing that was asked was to show they were infected. I'm outraged. 28 members of the minority caucus could not be bothered. I'm more outraged that this is happening in the midst of a new variant. As cases begin to rise, we're better than that. End quote. And guess what, um, speaker, if you're watching... You know, usually the majority party is supposed to work with the minority party. I guess in this case, it's like it feels like you're talking down on them. And, you know, obviously you said you're outraged. Well, I guess you weren't that outraged when you let the governor, Governor Phil Murphy, abuse his pandemic powers. So to me, that makes me outraged. But and this is all political. Obviously it's political. 
I'm sure if, if it was the other way around, this article that I'm reading right now wouldn't be breaking news. But but because Republicans did it, it's basically pretty much it's breaking news that Republicans broke rules. Meanwhile, Democrats break the law every single day. And you know what? It's really sad when the the state police has to be weaponized and politicized to keep um, law-abiding citizens and. And literally people who have to represent the people, they're told to bar them all out. I just, it just, it's so ridiculous. And I had sent a tweet out the other day about this, about this awful and grotesque behavior. And I will say this, though, you know, I, I would say this is probably one of the worst um, scenes in the state house that I've ever seen. But ever since I've been following politics too, it just it, it's it's terrible. It really is terrible what's going on right now. Um, so I will now read to you my tweet from when I tweeted out the day of the um, well, on, well, this was happened on December second. The incident I tweeted on December third, the day after. So I tweeted, "Quote: What happened yesterday at the NJ State House was a disgrace. Not allowing your political opposition to vote is something that happens in communist China." The fact NJ state troopers were politicized to keep out duly elected representatives is unconstitutional. The only time a representative cannot be seated on the assembly floor is because of treason, according to the New Jersey state constitution, thus making the COVID vaccine mandate unconstitutional. Let the representatives onto the assembly floor represent the people like they were voted to do. Because, you know, it is their job, um, and end quote, after voted to do. You know, it is their job. It is their job, by the way, they shouldn't even be blocked out. But then later in the day, I tweeted this. What an absolute disgrace. Well, end quote. Quote. What an absolute disgrace. New Jersey state troopers should be enforcing the law and not bowing down to a wannabe dictator. It's a good thing the New Jersey state police stopped and no one was arrested. Liberty over tyranny. And it's always been liberty over tyranny. Um, I'm reading this book right now by Mark Levin called American Marxism. And it pretty much relates to a lot of the things going on in our in present day politics, whether it is you know parents being scolded at school board meetings, or you know the you know like, like the Biden administration weaponizing the DOJ to to prosecute and arrest our political opposition, another thing that you see happen in communist China. Like damn, this is a very scary times that we're in right now, and I really implore all of you who are watching, you need to get out and get involved. If we don't get involved, and if we don't win these midterms next year, we're going to lose our country. And we lose our country big time. Now, to all of the assembly members from the GOP in New Jersey, would love to have you on. I, I saw some very vocal people on, uh, on Fox, uh, including Assemblyman Jay Weber, Assemblyman Eric Peterson, and Assemblyman Hal Wirtz. Obviously, would love to have them on. Also, I saw Assemblyman Brian Bergen was active, very active voice that day. We'll love to have him on, but also love to have Speaker Coughlin on to discuss what his thoughts are. Senate President Sweeney and, of course, Governor Phil Murphy. Love to have them on to hear their insight. As always, the show always remains independent. In closing, 
I do want to just say, reiterate that we have a country to save. And obviously here in New Jersey, where I live, we have a state to save. Politics is broken in America. One of the main reasons why President Trump got elected was because politics was broken. And he was elected to fix our broken political system. Now we have this guy in office. um, And he's basically just pretty much just um, done anything he can to try to destroy the fabric of this country. It's awful. It's really awful to see. And look, I mean, obviously, I'm, I obviously I, I feel very bad for Joe Biden because of his health. Also, I disagree with a lot of his policies and ideas for our country. But you know, I will I will never ever want any president to fail their job. Um, I really hope that you know Joe Biden does get the help that he needs. And this and this is pretty serious, by the way, what I'm talking about because obviously. No one wants to go through, you know, going through, you know, in the, the pain. Like, you know, going through like, all this stuff that, there, that is going on with Joe Biden. Obviously, you know, I hope, I always, I truly hope that he can do the best he can for America. Every day, I, tr- I hope that. I mean, obviously, I'm skeptical about what he's going to do. But every day, I hope he can do what's best for America. I mean, obviously... I know he's not, but we need to get involved. We, we need to talk, talk to your your neighbors, talk to your friends, talk to your classmates in school, wherever you are, and let's change America to the way it used to be, to the when we were respected, to when we were strong and powerful and not weak and not with our enemies laughing at us. And this is Anthony Maragliata signing off.